Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Thursday, December the 21st in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my co-host, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? Well, we're doing pretty good, and I appreciate what you are getting me to look at. One of the emails that we have is about Christmas, and I thought that would be a good one to take a look about because for many people, what is Christmas about? Well, in, in our today's society, it's Santa Claus, presents, decorations, parades, family gatherings, scrumptious meals seem to be part of the package. Yes, that has been a lot of our experiences uh, during the time of Christmas. But these are called derivatives of Christmas, cultural things that often obscure or camouflage the real meaning of Christmas. What is, foremost, the real meaning of Christmas? Well, the foremost is the incarnation, and by that we mean God became human in order to sacrifice himself for sin and rebellion of the entire world. Yes. Jesus came as the Redeemer King to redeem mankind and the creation from the terrible fall of man in the Garden of Eden with all its subsequent consequences on man, corporately and individually. Now, the truest of the timeless truths is that for some unfathomable reason, the supreme God, God of the universe, what is his attitude towards us? In the midst of all of that, he loves us and each human being with, with uh, an agape love, which agape is, is the Greek uh, word for love, the highest form of love, sacrificing. We read in 1 Corinthians 13 that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and never ends. Yes. So we celebrate on Christmas Day that Jesus came for what purpose? Well, that was to, to die upon the cross. As we read in Philippians chapter 2, God highly exalted him and gave him the name above all, above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Yes, this is the great glory, is that Jesus died for each one of us individually, and his eternal salvation is open to any and all who receive the Holy Spirit's convicting and redeeming work in their lives and trust him and him only for their eternal salvation. So in an age when the individual 
is mostly perceived as part of this group or that group or this or that ethnicity or gender, what do we need to reclaim? Well, that we are uniquely valuable and worth every single solitary human being that that there is. Yes. That is the point of this email, that what makes us special in God's eyes is not being perfect, because that would mean it would be by our works we are saved. But instead, God regards us as being unique. In other words, from our mother's womb, what does Psalm 139 say? Well, that we have been remarkably and wondrously made. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in, in secret. My, your eyes saw me when I was, was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Now, that's really interesting that God saw us when I was formless. In fact, if you go to the New Testament, it indicates that we were chosen as God's people prior to the foundation of the world. So we not only were formless, we were not even in existence yet. But God mm-hmm. knit us together in our mother's mm-hmm. womb. How does modern genetics confirm the uniqueness of even identical twins? Well, that even uniqueness, they, they have their unique characteristics. If a father and a mother have 10 or more children together, they each have unique chromosome makeup and unique never-to-be-duplicated fingerprint. In other words, each individual in the world has a unique DNA just for them and not, not of another person. Yes. The word unique, which is all about this email rather than our being perfect, is uniquely suited to the concept here because what does the word unique mean? Well, one of a kind. Something never to be exactly duplicated ever again. Unique is is far better than, than perfect. Because perfect has performance standards and inevitably invites comparisons with others. Mm. You know, I've seen that as a problem in some families that parents seem to love one child more than the other. You see this often in movies. What they need to recognize is that each child is unique. It has no performance standard. It is a state of being or existence. What does unique have to do? Well, it has to do with who you are, not 
who you can do or cannot do. But isn't it true that there is one respect that we are all the same? In what sense? We're all by one man, all all sin came into the world, and we all became sinners. Exactly. We're all sinners, but God still considers us as invaluable. Why and how did he show that he considered us to be invaluable? Well, in that he sent Jesus to die upon a cross to to retrieve and redeem our unique purpose. No one can do a, a good job of being a unique person that God created you to be as you can. It's through the redemption of, of, of Christ upon the cross. In fact, I have, uh, at the church I was at for 28 years, we would always put a different sign up. And for Christmas, I often had, he was born in order to die. And yeah. what was that meaning? Well, that uh, he redeemed our unique purpose and created Jesus to die for us. Just as I said before, sin entered the world through one man and went to all people. Christ came into the world as the one man that could redeem the world and redeem our uniqueness. So when someone receives Jesus' sacrifice through the power of the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? How are they redeemed? Well, by trusting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then they can know the joy of being God's man or woman, being in divine business with God created each of us to fulfill in the first place. Yeah, you know, some people say, well, that may be well and good for a child or a young person, but I'm an adult and I am already so far off the path of obedience that God could never put me in the middle of his plan for my life. How do we respond to that? <laughs> well, do you think God is surprised at where you're at in your life at that moment? Of course not. He's perfectly capable of taking care of you from where he, where he wants you to be and has planned for you to be. We'll repent of your sins and receive him as, as Savior and Lord. You know, what, what comes to mind when when he writes this is the thief upon the cross who went a life of crime away from God and comes back and repents for his death. Well said. Yes, the thief on the cross, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And how did Jesus reply to him? Well, today you will be with me in paradise. Yes. Today, that meant on Good Friday. But I thought Jesus didn't rise from the dead until Sunday. So how could he be in paradise on Friday? Well, 
he was hanging from the cross. You, that is an interesting question. Well, he was a human being. Yeah. And therefore, when every human being dies, what happens? The soul returns to God. Exactly. The spirit of Jesus immediately went to God, but so also did the believing thief. Well, in Corinthians, it says it's appointed when the man wants to live, wants to die, and then comes the judgment. That's another part. In Corinthians, it talks about we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So at, at, at death, everyone is in heaven for a moment. Well, until Judgment Day, when their bodies are restored to the Spirit. Mm. So, right now, our loved ones on, for example, certain holidays, we celebrate them being in heaven who have died in the faith and are waiting for that day of judgment. So, God is not surprised even if you're an adult, where you are in your life at this particular moment. But what is he capable of doing? Well, he wants you to be the, the, the right kind of person and plan for you to, to repent of your sins and receive him as Lord and Savior. That's the good news. Yeah, that repentance. Who was the one who was preaching repentance? Yeah, of course, John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes. And why is repentance so important from God's point of view? What does it help a person to realize? Well, uh, our sinful condition we say in in our worshipful on a, on a Sunday morning in our liturgy, we go, I, a poor miserable sinner, you know, talk about our unworthiness of, of God, every sin that we commit. And we don't make a, a decision on what is sinful and what is not sinful. We know that our condition is sinful before mankind. So when we receive faith by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are of a unique value to the King of Kings that he really has created us to be. So Christmas is the best news anyone has ever been given. God never creates what? A nobody. Everybody is uniquely made a somebody to God. And one way of knowing that, and this is really something the Bible says, what is all always counted according to Luke 12, verse 7? <laughs> Even the hairs of, of our heads are all to be counted. And mine yes. doesn't take him as long to count. No. Well, it really doesn't matter how much hair we've lost. 
It's amazing that God knows the number of hairs in our head. And that really makes us unique. And I'm quite sure that nobody has the same number of hairs, just like nobody has the same fingerprints. That's what makes us unique. And that's... And I think that's that's what's so special about this article, that it, it talks about how how unique each individual, our DNA, you know, God had it all planned that each person is to be a special person in in His eyes. As we trust in Him, then through the power of the Holy Spirit we begin to live a life of sanctification. What does that mean? Well, sanctification, in its basic terms, is holy living. It's, it's my life as I leave from, from worship on a Sunday morning, as I explain that as we leave the cross and, and the altar of God, we go out into the world to live our life in the love of what Jesus has done for us, not to work our way to heaven, but uh, to show that we we are a part of his, his kingdom. Yes. The life of sanctification, the difference is prior to being sanctified, you can probably do a number of the commandments outwardly like not killing or stealing or this sort of thing. But when you obey them, you have the wrong motivation. You're always doing it for a selfish reason. But when you are sanctified, what's the new motivation? Christ's love is in response to what Christ has done for us. Yes. It really does make a difference. I've I've given this story a number of times on the radio, but for Christmas it's appropriate. Uh, a neighbor doesn't like the neighbor next to him. He's a rich man. He has a nice car, a nice house, but he has a tree whose leaves fall on the neighbor's yard as well as his own yard. And so he doesn't like his neighbor. Well, one day he gets in his car in his garage and he's driving backwards down his driveway, looks in the rear view mirror and his neighbor is jumping up and down, waving to him. So he stops the car and says, gets out of the car, what do you want? And the neighbor then points to near the back of the car where his son, namely the guy who is driving the car, was sitting in the driveway, and he almost ran him over. Well, guess what? The change in the neighbor, how, what occurred. The next day, he ended up raking the leaves of the neighbor that he didn't like because what had happened in his attitude well, his attitude was he was grateful that his son had been saved. Yes. And by someone he didn't really appreciate. 
Well, that's what God is like. Many people today don't appreciate God. How do we know that, like in the United States? What's kind of going on that shows they don't appreciate the God of the Bible? Well, where do we begin? We go with the LGBTQ. We go with Satan uh, idols and state capitals and and, uh, people taking the lives of others. Yes. Right. I, I, I just finished looking at another article that talked about a new tattoo that some people are wearing. And it's on their finger or their hand. It's a semicolon. Huh. And I had no idea what that was for. And you know what a semicolon is in a sentence. It normally ends a sentence, but when you put a semicolon in, there's more to come. And they Mm. use the semicolon to show that suicide is wrong, that there is still more to come. And these people attempt to use psychology a psychoanalysis to help a person who has had suicidal thoughts and they have a semicolon on their hand. But what is better than using psychology? Well, the good news of Jesus Christ and the uniqueness that each of us are. Exactly. That how many people have thought I'm not going to get through this day. Yeah. And yet they have gotten through it. And, and that's the message. I, we, we recently ran into a coin collector and we were getting proof sets. And a proof set is a, a year that the coins were made. And it's interesting to see the, the coin collector show you a proof set of the half dollar, dime, quarter, nickel, penny, and and how each one is uniquely made and and encased and is very valuable. It just kind of just reminds me of what we're discussing today, of how God has made each one of us uniquely and, and fine. Yeah, that was another article I was reading that there is a penny that's worth about $10,000 because of its uniqueness. And I, I'm sure you probably saw something like that with this coin collector. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, for instance, my son was born in 86, and he came up with a proof set for that. Well, it's 96 cents uh, on a proof set, but its value now is, is something like $10, $12, 10 wow. times what, what it's worth. That's interesting. Yeah. You wonder about looking at all your pennies to see if you got the good one. <laughs> well, the, the Wheat Ridge penny is 
with the we 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 on the back side and Lincoln on the other is is they're worth at least two and a half cents and they go up upwards to two and a half three dollars a piece depending on the on the year and condition. And that's not because of what a penny is worth in our time, but it's because it is unique. And that's the point of this article, that every Christian is unique. God having declared him to be saved from before the foundation of the world. And that's what Christmas is all about. That Jesus died for that for that unique individual, each of us, and yep. has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Yes. So a great article for today. Uh, before we leave, I want to say that I am available for preaching on Sundays now, having no longer at the congregation I was at for over four years every Sunday in Illinois. So if there's a congregation that has a vacancy or needs some help, I, I'm more than willing to help out. All you need to do is email me. And my email address is tombaker at brick.net, B-R-I-C-K dot net. And make sure you put your phone number in there so I can call you and find out what possible vacancies are going on. And I'm even available for preaching on, on Christmas. Uh, I still do the Thursday night service, and that's out near where you live, near Springfield, Illinois, isn't it? Right. Rushville, well, thank you very Rushville. much. You have a Merry Christmas, Wes. And we will not be back on this program till July the 11th. I'll begin Long Gospel on, I'm sorry, January the 8th, and then J January the 11th, you and I will be back on the air. So until then, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.